This sound reminds me of my childhood in Nigeria. While the waves may come and go, they always remind me of continuity. They are bringing back memories of fun, but also misery when the devastating floods entered my father's house. For me, and maybe for you as well, these childhood experiences make you see water as a resource that is more valuable than any other form of wealth. Imagine those who live on the front line of climate change. Sometimes it is precious, sometimes it is too much. Today I talk with Yup Janssen, founder of NextBlue. He is empowering the voices of these communities through stories. I wanted to know who he is, the person, and what drives him. I am Vincent Ede, and this is Making Waves. Do you think that storytelling can help to change people's lives for the better? We will talk with Yup Janssen, who believes in the power of stories as a way of exchanging knowledge and connecting people within and across cultures. He has worked as an architect in Vietnam, wrote the book Living with the Mekong, and he founded NextBlue, a Netherlands-based storytelling platform about water and climate change. I wanted to know more about his work and how this platform is trying to shift and shape policy in the water and climate domains, what is needed to inform, inspire and sustain change. But first, what do you think is needed to start making waves? We are at a crossroads. It's, it's now or never. If we want to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, we have no choice but to cut emissions. Either we, we address the problem now or uh, deal with the consequences later. So this inspired me to start a series Making Waves. I want to bring policymakers, researchers, and most important, the communities in one table. And I have a positive attitude. So I'm convinced we can implement solutions. We, we have many solutions already to mitigate the effects of climate change. But it all starts with communication. If, if we understand each other, if we can empathize with the other person, we can change our behaviors and uh, we, we, we will solve any climate issue we will face. This is the bottom line of what NextBlue is doing. Building a community of people, of like-minded people who care about water. But unfortunately, sometimes we'll fail to give importance to the water crisis in the context of climate crisis. Uh, Human-caused climate change has caused changes in the global water cycle. One of the changes is that water cycle is becoming more intense. It means that the very wet and very dry weather events and seasons are increasing. Uh, many factors contribute to this. The water cycle is affected not only by greenhouse gases, but also by the way we use land and irrigate. For instance, the water used for irrigation in agricultural regions is causing land subsidence due to groundwater extraction. And this has major impacts on coastal communities living along the rising seas. Those polluting the least will be the most affected. I have visited many coastal communities, right? from, from the Netherlands to, to Vietnam and Bangladesh, and they all uh, lived with the water for generations. Yeah, they actually have gained a lot of knowledge on, on how to deal with the extreme weather events, yeah? uh, salinity intrusion and, and floods, and especially farmers who experience the changing climate on a daily basis. But they, they also tell me that the weather has become less predictable and more intense. 
their productivity has gone down as, as water has become more saline. And yeah, this means uh, lower crop yields and, and lower, um, lower incomes for farmers. Their land is also threatened by increasing temperatures and, and droughts. And, and as you may know, uh, many crops can't survive extreme heat and severe droughts during the dry season. So, yes, the, the climate crisis is a water crisis and the most vulnerable communities are hardest hit. They uh, live at the front line of climate change and one extra single degree of heat could make a life or death difference for them. NextBlue is a storytelling platform about water and climate change. We use story to empower the voices of these communities in the heart of Delta regions around the world. Well, we are talking about the heart. If we talk about the heart, it has a double meaning. Uh, the beating center of the region where everything comes together and uh, the heart as a center of uh, emotions that produce a flow of activity. Uh, one of the activities are stories. How did the Dutch architect became fascinated by storytelling? Building houses and, and, and cities is actually the same as building stories. Uh, designing and, and storytelling belong to the same family. Yeah, bo both are inspirational ways to, to create a better future and, and uh, bring people together to, to work towards the same goal. And it also helps to, uh, to make things uh, tangible and, and insightful for all. Let me share with you my story on how my next blue journey started. It was 2006. I worked as an architect for a big firm in Amsterdam. My team and I used the water as a tool to make cities uh, more beautiful. And you might say that, that water was our trusted friend. Until one day, I, I still remember like it was yesterday. I was at home uh, watching the documentary in, in, in Convenient Truth by Al Gore. Maybe you have heard about this uh, movie. Uh, it was about the uh, impact of uh, climate change and sea level rise. And the film was an eye-opener for me. I realized that while water was a friend, a uh, tool to make cities more attractive, it was also an enemy to, to many people in low-lying countries. So I wanted to experience for myself how people live on the front line of climate change and, and how they adapt to, to water challenges uh, in their daily lives. So for this reason, I decided uh, yeah, to move to the Mekong Delta in Vietnam. It is one of the most vulnerable river deltas in the world in terms of sea level rise. In 2009, I booked a one-way ticket and settled down in Ho Chi Minh City in the, in the south of uh, Vietnam, near the Mekong Delta. I came there with, with great ideas to, to research the Mekong Delta and, and to create wonderful memories. Um, however, uh, when I arrived, it was not easy at all. It was um, a culture clash. It, it was hot. Uh, traffic chaos was all over the city. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of water. Um, yeah, and sometimes when I woke up, the street in front of my house was flooded. It, uh, it, it was like a speed course and adaptation because life goes on um, up until 30 centimeters, then the engine uh, gets damaged. During my time there, I went to conferences uh, to learn about the relation to water in Vietnam. And I met many interesting researchers, engineers and, and, and policymakers, and they all presenting their uh, latest ideas on Delta planning. However, I also noticed that the ordinary people were not there. So that didn't feel right to me because uh, farmers have been developing skills and, and know-how to deal with the water challenges for generations. That's why I decided to buy a motorbike, uh, travel through the Mekong Delta to meet these ordinary people. 
Sometimes the ordinary people can be skeptical about foreigners who come into their space. They say energy flows where intention goes. How were you received by the ordinary people in the Mekong Delta? Among all those interesting people I met, one particular person stayed with me, Mr. Long. Mr. Long, he, he lived in uh, Chadok along the Mekong River. And um, yeah, drinking coffee became our tradition. Eh? Every morning after saying Sing Chao, he told me wonderful stories about how yeah, Vietnamese adapt to water challenges. And he also introduced me to, to, to his community. I experienced how Vietnamese are helping each other. Every month, for example, the families in his neighborhood uh, come together to solve disputes. Uh, and uh, they also collect money to raise the, the level of the streets as an adaptation measure uh, to combat floods. And Mr. Long, um, he was the one who stimulated me to, to connect with these communities. He actually taught me um, to tap into their existing knowledge and their untold stories and, and make use of them. Tell me, Yup, how did this first-hand experience of frugal innovations of the local communities to overcome water challenges uh, transcend to other endeavors like NextBlue and this podcast, Making Waves? Back in the Netherlands, I founded NextBlue, which is a community-driven platform about water and climate change. NextBlue is using stories to empower the voices of communities in the heart of Delta regions around the world. And our aim is to bridge the gap between local communities and decision makers through stories. Recently, we came up with the Making Waves podcast, which you can listen to on the go. In a 15 minutes long podcast every month, our storytellers not just talk about stories, but also express their emotions, knowledge and uh, experience in an engaging way. Here, we also bring insights from uh, scientists and, and local communities dealing with water issues around the world. Each episode would concentrate on a different water-related topic, but our focus is broadly on three areas, justice, resilience, and adaptation. You have to know, Vincent, we don't just want to talk about problems. We, we want to focus on solutions. You may say that these stories bind local communities and, and give them a platform to be heard. So the idea is to, to get their views and voices implemented in, in the plans developed by professionals. Therefore, we have developed a three-step approach. Train local communities to produce water and climate stories. Co-produce articles and videos and, and share their stories during uh, live events and, and online campaigns for meaningful climate actions. It won't be an exaggeration to say that we are more an association of those communities affected by water than a website collating stories. What do you achieve through this work? Is it creating a media platform on water or an activist organization aimed at solving the water crisis? I would say we are a platform that acts as a bridge between communities, policymakers, researchers and journalists. We bring to the table a crucial missing link in devising strategies to combat climate change, the, the local context, to the policymakers. These stories need to be heard to co-op with uh, climate change because the people affected by it are the primary stakeholders. So I would say these are stories from the heart. These are not only 
hard fact. Uh, our stories also reflect the emotions of people to adapt to water and climate challenges in, in the most vulnerable delta regions around the world. At Next Blue, we believe that the problems of climate change can be tackled only through an integrated approach. As I said before, designing stories is like building houses and planning cities. The, the views of, of all stakeholders, uh, the communities, the, the researchers, the governments, all are uh, its building blocks and, and we need to carefully design it to optimize the results. We use storytelling as an integrating tool to create a more resilient and inclusive future. Therefore, adaptations and actions are crucial to our stories. Talking about adaptations and actions, especially with water sustainability, the Netherlands has an abundance of water. And in some sense, this abundance has been managed properly. What lessons does the Mekong reality with water challenges hold for the Dutch people? Here um, in the Dutch River Delta, the people have been dealing with high waters for generations. They have dealt with uh, many floods, including the last one uh, during the night on uh, 31 January uh, 1953. But it's not all gloom and doom. After the floods of uh, 1953, there was an awakening among uh, local communities. Eh? They, they understood the importance of working together. Communities in this region created uh, floral trading cities. There is also an ongoing effort to, to keep uh, our feet dry, eh? to keep this region safe. So that's a bit uh, of, the, of the heart of our water professionals at uh, consultancy firms and, and water boards who are working together on our flood defense network, eh? such as the um, impressive uh, Delta Works. So we are fortunate uh, to have these kinds of, of resources and capabilities to, to deal with rising sea levels, but only up to a certain point. What happens to, to other delta regions around the world where everyday people live in fear, uh, similar to, to what happened in 1953 in, in the Netherlands? The Mekong Delta in Vietnam is, is, is one such an example. Uh, it's, it's comparable to the, to the Netherlands in terms of population, uh, density and, and, and size. Both uh, low-lying areas have the same preconditions, but different solutions and, and cultures to co-op with floods and, and salinization and, and land subsidence. The Dutch government, uh, for example, has full control over the water management system, so much so that I don't realize that I live in a vulnerable uh, delta. And the climate is changing, eh? the, the sea level is rising, uh, intense rainfall and drought events are increasing. Thankfully, I don't have to worry about this because uh, the government will fix it. But what do I do if a dike breaks tomorrow and my house in, in Rotterdam gets flooded by one meter and, and 20 centimeters? Are Dutch people self-reliant and, and resilient enough uh, when our neighborhood floods? Unlike my hometown, uh, Rotterdam, the river delta is feelable in, in Kantar, eh, the, the capital city of the Mekong Delta in Vietnam. The tide of the sea is noticeable in, in the city center. Neighborhoods are affected by heavy monsoon rains and, and street levels uh, fall by up to 10 centimeters a year. So this is why self-reliance and, and uh, resilience are in the DNA of all communities in the Mekong Delta. It's born out of uh, necessity because residents are more or less left to their own fates. 
I tell you something, Yoop. I will definitely love to have this self-reliance and resilience in my DNA. And on top of that, I don't know how to swim yet. For people to be empowered and be resilient in the face of water challenges or climate change, could that be a way for the people to take the lead and stimulate frugal innovations to fight climate change and water challenges? Vincent, I discovered in the Mekong, solutions are not centrally controlled. There is no delta works yet or a dike around the city to protect residents against flooding. Therefore, the, the, the people vulnerable to flooding themselves take the initiative to protect their homes, eh, their, their, their belongings and, and merchandise by themselves. During my first travels uh, through the Mekong Delta in 2009, I learned that we have to learn from Vietnamese people how to become resilient. I strongly feel that problems on water can't be solved without considering the indigenous solutions by locals, eh? the, the farmers, for example, who, who are dealing with the problems uh, in their own innovative ways. They, they have been developing skills and, and know-how to deal with water challenges uh, for generations. I would like to add, our upcoming film Mi and Mekong documents uh, the stories of innovations, the stories of exceptional resilience, hardships and, and the courage of, of people living on the edge of climate change. Vincent, I recommend you to watch it to get resilience and self-reliance in your DNA. Well, that's the story behind the story. A big thank you to my guest today, Joop Janssen, the founder of NextBlue. Making Waves is a NextBlue production, and our editors today were Namrata Acharya and Dennis Wonder. My name is Vincent Ede. To learn more about NextBlue, visit our website at next.blue. You can also follow our journey on all our social media platforms. Drop us a line. Our handle is at NextBlue Stories. Mm-hmm.